0: Welcome to Building with Brick, foundational wisdom on coaching, careers, and Christ. This leadership podcast was spawned by Coach Brickner's book, So You Want to Be a Coach, which is the story of a corporate executive who made a drastic career change and became a head men's basketball coach. Dr. Brickner's book is available in paperback, ebook, and audiobook on Amazon.com or go to his website, www.drjoebrickner.com. That's DRJOE Brickner.com. Now, here's this week's podcast. Welcome, folks, to another. Session of building with brick. It's a podcast that's uh, based on the foundation of careers coaching in Christ. Uh, it was spawned from a book that I wrote uh, about a year ago called "So You Want to Be a Coach," and it's a story of a drastic career change that I made personally. And uh, I, I, in the process of writing that book, I thought. You know people need to know more than just what I think and so I decided to start this podcast and invite successful people leaders um, who can share their information share their story and be a benefit to you in creating your own story today I'm just thrilled to have Mike Tharp Mike is a name you may not recognize unless you're in the journalism field uh, Michael's a teammate of mine when we were in college he was a senior when i was a freshman we played it together on the national championship team back in 1967. mike was was a mentor back then and remained so after that too i mean it was just terrific to have someone of, of his intelligence after he got out of college he got a scholarship to go over to england and study and he was just a a great mentor for us young folks and i'm just pleased as it can be to have mike with us today mike welcome thanks a lot
1: joe good to see you again
0: yeah it's always great to see you people may not know your name but you were an international journalist had some great leadership positions especially in japan covered various wars Uh, just had a terrific career uh, you've not only been a journalist, you've been teaching some college classes, I think you've coached a high school team for a while, <laughs> and so you've worn a number of different hats, but mostly it's been the journalism side. And uh, I, I want to talk to you today, first of all, about how sports played a, a role in your success, your career success. And the first question I would have for you then is, is growing up. You know, what sports did you play? Were you simply a basketball player, or did you play them all? I mean, you're probably great at all I played three of it. Well, I played
1: four. If you can't track and field. This is all freshman year in high school and younger than that. Basketball, baseball, football, and track. But when I and I played football freshman year in high school, and then uh, after that I. Decided to focus on basketball instead. But in the last three weeks of my junior year, the football team was having a really bad season. So the head coach asked me to come out and uh, learn to run some plays as quarterback. <laughs> and <laughs> here I was looking like Ichabod Crane. I got the last remnants of any uniforms still around, 6'3", 155. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the head coach had me, uh, introduced me to the team. He said, you guys all know Mike from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's he doing here? And coach bent <laughs> over the ball. He said, he's going to take some handoffs from center and we'll see if we can work him into playing a little quarterback for us. So he got down and I put my hands underneath, and he said, No, no, harder. I got to feel you. I got to feel you. So I slammed my hand right up into his crotch, and he just fell over the ball. He was not wearing a cup. (laughs) And the rest of the team went crazy. As as it turned out, though, Joe, uh, I didn't play quarterback, but in the very last game of the season, I started at Defensive End against Mm -hmm. Immaculata in Leavenworth, Kansas. Yeah. And these were all the sons of the prison guards and the corrections officers, so they were really (laughs) badasses. The first play, they came around my side for 25, and the second play, they came around my side for 20, and then that was the extent of my football experience (laughs) in high school. (laughs) But all all the while, I was uh, playing basketball because that was my first love.
0: Mike, where did your competitive drive come from? It was
1: internally generated. I didn't have an older. I had two older brothers, but they were around. They were living in other places by then, and so it wasn't like Larry Bird having one or two of his older brothers kick his ass day after day until. He got better. Mine was internally generated. I just was a perfectionist and tried to uh, be better at certain things and and playing ball all the time. And an incident happened in eighth grade in the winter, December. So you know how cold those days are. This uh, sixty-year-old guy asked me if I wanted to go find the game, and I said sure. So he drove us up to Highland Park High School, outdoor court. There are these two other guys there. One of them was about my height, but had 40 or 50 pounds on me. And we were playing two-on-two, and I got the ball and started to drive the lane, and he gave me a forearm shiver right in the heart. <laughs> I went down. I, I was seeing spots, and I could barely get my breath back to say, foul. <laughs> then I got up, and I had Roger, my teammate, take the ball out so I would get the ball coming back in. And then I did the same move. I took it right down the lane, had him, and scored him. And from that day on, Joe, I was never afraid of anybody on a
0: basketball court. That's terrific. Well, you grew up in Topeka, you went to Hayden High School, tell us a little bit about your your team and then how you eventually came to St. Benedict's and became a teammate of mine eventually.
1: Well, we had a wonderful team our senior year. We had good teams every year, but senior year we entered a new league, the, the Centennial League with teams from around Northeast Kansas, including Atchison. And we we played league ga- games uh, wherever we could because our gym was too small. It only held about 400 people. Our pr- so we just used it to practice in, and then we'd go to Washburn University to use their gym or municipal building downtown, to use that gym for our home games. So we were kind of a team without a home, but that also brought us closer together. Greg Bean, whom you know, and mm-hmm. uh, Ed Tucker, Don Gregg, and Lottie Williams, and I would go downtown from Hayden West for the first year that school was in operation and go downtown to the old gym for practice. We'd take turns driving, Greg and I. And just being together, the five of us in those drives, brought us closer together. Bean is an incredibly cerebral player and concentrated on defense, which was extraordinary. Mm. Tucker was our big man. He later played at Long Beach State, where I think he still holds a couple of rebounding records. And Don and Lonnie uh, were a guard and a uh, forward, respectively. And we had a a pretty good bench, too, and we just uh, decided, not in any kind of team meeting or anything, but we decided we'd try to take it as far as we could. We had a fantastic coach named Ken Butell, mm. who was the best motivator for players that I ever played or for. And he he was also one of the funniest coaches ever. And people still talk about some of his tales Like once he said We couldn't beat the Little Sisters of the Poor And one of the sports writers At the Capital Journal Found a nunnery Of the Little Sisters (laughs) of the Poor And asked him if they had a ball club (laughs) Or would they be interested in playing Hayden And he got a pretty funny story out of it But our big rival was Topeka High, and they had talent out at the wazoo. They had, I think, three guys on the front line, six four and above. Uh, we played them at their place. We won one, lost one, and this, this was the match game to see who went to the state tournament. Coach Cutell devised this plan to take them by surprise, and it did. He had Tucker, our center, bring the ball up against their press so he brought the big guys away from the basket and we were able to operate underneath there pretty freely and it was a close game down to the wire but we eventually won by one or two points so we go to wichita for the state tournament and our opponent in the first round is Salina which had a all-state basketball player and football player named Jeff Elias, who later played football at KU with Gail Sayers. We were going up and down, back and forth, and I didn't think – I mean, I thought he was pretty good, but mostly he was just big. Mm -hmm. And I was – Quicker to rebound than he was. And I got one board and I came down and stepped on Jeff Elias's foot and turned my ankle. And I wasn't very effective the rest of the game. And we lost afterwards. I know you could identify with this. The three seniors, Tucker, Bean, and I stood in the showers until everybody had left. And we kept standing there because we knew as soon as we turned off the showers, our high school careers would be over. Eventually, we got dressed and walked back to the hotel. Actually, Greg Bean carried me on his back because of my sprained ankle. But that shows you how tight we were as teammates. Friends too. For the rest. we've lost two of those guys now to cancer, and mm-hmm. but we did a lot of things together long after graduation in 1963. As far as how I <laughs> went to Saint Benedict, it was almost like a divine intervention. Somebody coming down and pointing his finger at me. Our assistant principal was Father Thomas Santa. Oh, yeah. Who later became a brother at St. Benedict's, but then he was a diocesan priest and really kind of a hard ass in every way you could expect. Uh, he wasn't—he was fair, but he was a hard ass. And he called me to his office one time. "You haven't applied to any colleges," and I said, "Well, Father, I thought that maybe I'd take a year off and work and see what that was like." And he said. Well, that's real interesting. But sign here. I have this application for you at St. Benedict's College. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I signed, and he submitted it, and I luckily got an all-expense academic ride to SBC. So that's how I wound up going there. Only one I applied to. Only one that accepted me. But if it had been for Tom Santa, who knows what would have happened. He just reached down and intervened.
0: But how did you how did you end up being on the basketball team? I mean, obviously they would have wanted you to play, had had they talked to you about coming there before then or did you just no, kinda of show no, up?
1: I was your literal walk on. Wow. I I played ball every afternoon after classes with The two scholarship guys in our class, Jack Dugan and Don Sherry, I saw them doing things that I'd never seen before from high school players. I kept up, and we we played a lot of three-on-three and five-on-five games when we could have the gym. Then the tryouts began. Bill Samuels, the assistant coach there, ran the tryouts. He taped a schedule on one of the walls there by the iron circular staircase that leads down to the dressing room, and it was various uh, distances to run and times and so on. We mistakenly thought that we had to do it all that day. (laughs) uh, So it was pretty insane, pretty intense by the end there were only three of us dugan and sharing had dropped out sometime before there was me there was a guy named ed pratt who later played football with for the raging cajuns and a guy named bill agnew who wound up playing golf at the university of houston but the three of us are the only ones who did it all and when sam found out about that he was really impressed but he didn't want to say much because uh it was kind of dumb of us to <laughs> not figure out that it was a, a weekly schedule on a day. So anyway, uh, I made the team. I think Sam was instrumental in having me do that. And so I I started, of course, practicing with everybody and playing on the freshman team and sophomore year. I started, started on the JV team and once in a while, Coach Nolan, our head coach with let me suit up for a varsity game. And I was really, uh, really stoked about that whenever it happened. I didn't get into many games, but once we were playing Washburn, I think this may, yeah, this was sophomore year. Somehow I I got the ball and went down the lane and banked in a layup. And for God's sake, I turned around and started skipping down the court because <laughs> it was my first college basket. <laughs> and Bean told me later that the head coach said, you, you let that kid score his first ever basket. You can't allow that shit. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't do much skipping after that.
0: Oh, that's that's funny. That is funny. Now, uh, you mentioned Jack Dugan and, and Don Shearing. On our national championship team, they were our captains.
1: Interestingly,
0: right. Dugan is the reason that I went to Benedict's. His father, I know.
1: It, it's clear in your book that his dad was instrumental in bringing you there.
0: Yeah. Wouldn't have been for his dad. I, I'd have probably gone to one of the smaller schools in, in Ohio. Baldwin Wallace wanted me to yeah. play for them pretty badly, but, uh, and, and they played a good schedule. They played Notre Dame and some other D1 schools, but. Huh. There was just something about, you know, the opportunity to go out and play where Jack was playing. And i had heard they had an All-American there who was Daryl Jones. And I thought, well, shoot.
1: Yeah.
0: It sounds pretty good to me. So I ended up going out to Benedict's instead, which was the best decision I ever made.
1: The description in your book that you wrote of uh, how the bus pulled up. Is it Armor, Missouri? Across (laughs) the river?
0: Yeah, the train. (laughs) Yeah, the train dropped. You guys
1: got literally into hay trucks
0: right <laughs> road
1: to last four miles to campus i i don't know what i would have been thinking
0: well as i said in the book i i thought they'd have log cabins for dorms you know and i thought <laughs> <but they didn't. laughs> it was i was expecting the worst and uh, as you know it's a beautiful campus gorgeous place and uh, i fell in love with it as soon as i stepped on campus but as well, you probably did, too. I think we'll take a short break, Mike. And, and, uh when, okay. we come, when we come back, what I'd like to talk about uh, to begin with is what coaches influenced you most, especially that kind of drove you to be a successful journalist? You know, was there something that happened along the way that some coach just instilled in you? Maybe it was Ken Butel that instilled in you that that sense of excellence. So when we come back, uh, let us talk about that a little bit.
1: Sounds good, Joe.
0: All right.